0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Shore Report. This is episode 104 and I'm Heather Hyde.
1: And I'm Jay Posner.
0: And today we have with us a special guest. His name is Mike and he's coming to us from the Bruce County Museum. Welcome, Mike.
2: Thank you very much. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Yeah, so maybe you can tell us a little bit about your role at the museum and and kind of what you work on and what you do for the Bruce County Museum.
2: Uh, you have about 7 consecutive days worth of recording time right now right yeah. for me to <laughs> yeah. explain it.
0: Yeah, I'm um, in the world for you michael <laughs>
2: So I am the education and outreach coordinator at the museum, and that role uh, in a, in in normal times I'd be running field trips, um, potentially right at this very moment uh, for school kids. Uh, as we all know, that's not necessarily happening the same way you'd expect this year. Uh, so the role has shifted a little bit, and we're and we're working on virtual programming. We're working on pre- providing resources in any way we can. Uh, be a bit of a a bit of a and a lot of uh, a help to our, our local teachers and our classes to try to um, engage with them, get them engaged with history, um, and just and just keep everybody uh, keep everybody involved in and uh, and engaging with the museum. Um, so, big thing I want to talk about today is our new education center. We've uh, we've rearranged uh, how you access resources through us. Um, still, uh, brucemuseum.ca is the website, and then. Right at the top, there's a link for the Education Centre. And when you click into that, then you can sort through and you can see, you know, which of our field trips are available virtually now, um, which ones can you do in-house. And, and there's still the booking form available there. So as soon as as soon as soon that opens up again, we're ready to take those bookings again. Um, and then as well, uh, part of this year has been going back through years and years of resources. We've been offering education programming for... Um, almost 20 actually it is 20 years now because we're in 2021 now um, and I have I have files and records back that far so there are things that we used with classes and some of those kids might now be teachers (laughs) and I mean there's there's great stuff like there's there's stuff where you can explore um, photos in the archives that are available online and learn about, about about the past that way and and you're prompted to you know look at it and see uh, what was life like for this person in this picture that you find from the 1920s. Um, so now it's, it's taking all those things, it's adapting them and putting them out on the website so that the teachers can take that and use that at their, at their, own, uh, at their own pace in the classroom.
1: So that's been my big thing. Yeah. <laughs> well i mean i, I know when I've, I've been on field trips with my children uh there was a lot of hands-on activity where you could build something or you could create a craft you know how and uh, maybe it's not quite a replacement but how is that sort of approach you that if you want to try to get something <laughs> like that i'm pro- i'm not trying to put too much emphasis on the sculptural part but you know you you're really coming up with some unique things it's- And when, before we recorded you were Beginning to talk about that, it was exciting. It's it's definitely a, a big piece of
2: uh, of what we try to do. Like we are we pride ourselves as being a museum with hands on exhibits, with the ability to actually get right in and and touch stuff. Like I um, I still remember the first time going to the museum myself as a as a guest with uh, my then I think she would have been three year old, and she's eight now. So this is going back a couple of years, um, and we're on the we're on the HMS Hunter and she wants to she wants me to lift her up to touch the the cannonball like you can't touch the cannonball we're in a museum and then I see the sign right above that says touch the cannonball okay yes you can you can touch the cannonball here touch the cannonball um so it, it has been it has of course it's been a challenge this year to try to figure out ways to keep that tactile sense keep that interaction with things uh a couple of the things that we're doing we're trying to make sure that that you know in those in those activities, in those virtual visits where where kids are 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 on a screen seeing in the museum, we're trying to put something in their hands in front of them that they can actually touch and they can actually use. Uh, for the virtual pioneer, the virtual day in the life of a pioneer child, and and who would have thought that we'd be learning about pioneers through something that a pioneer could never have imagined in a million years—a a a computer on the internet. Um, uh for teachers that are doing that virtual visit in the classroom um i send them out a kit with a with a pioneer game that they can play with the kids and then it's you know it's hands-on they can take that outside at the recess after and they can actually try the pioneer game uh the other piece of it too that i'm still i'm still working on i'm not the the most adept baker in the world but i'm working on baking hardtack so that they can actually have this great pioneer food and they can and like make enough of it that the teacher can break it up and, and and you know, take the day or however long they need to um, before the kids are allowed to actually touch it and, and and work with it. And hard tack will last forever. Like they could break it on a Friday and then not do the field trip for a week and a half and it leave it on the corner of the desk and it would still be just as good. Uh um, just as good. I, I,
1: I never heard that with hardtack Yeah.
2: That's <laughs> right. that's the wrong adjective there. It would still be just as hard tack. Yeah. yeah. Um,
1: and then and then
2: the there's the there's that tactile sense that you know I'm on the screen in front of them and I'm showing them, you know, on my way traveling to visit you. This is what I would be eating. I wouldn't be eating it like this because I'd break my tooth, and then you'd need the tooth puller that we talked about earlier, packing in your backpack on the for the trip. Um, but they can actually have it in front of them at the same time. So there's there's these there's these different adjustments you can make and 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 things you can try to put in place to to keep as much of that. That physical, actual interaction with stuff that is such a big part of of learning about history in a in a real and authentic way. Um, it'll still be nice when they can come back, of course, uh, but it'll uh, it it allows us to keep some of that sense intact.
0: It's so interesting to me how much adapting has been done from all industries and all sectors and. And the museum of course is no exception. And you've done amazing work trying to make sure that all students have access to not even just your programs but even what's inside the museum, taking them through virtual tours and and showing them what's there even though they might not be able to touch and feel it right now. But I think that's so important because it it builds the momentum for one day when we can actually go and visit the museum, right? It, It keeps it top of mind. It keeps it fresh in their brains. It gets them excited about the day that they can go back in. How do you anticipate virtual programming will continue? Will it become part of the norm? Will you offer it in addition to everything that you offered before, even when it's no longer a requirement? Or, or have you seen that change sort of your, your role?
2: This is actually a, a big part of a discussion we're in the midst of right now. This is this is we're in the the core stages of planning what that looks like going forward and. Um, so, like you said, a lot of a lot of learning in a lot of industries when it comes to uh, when it comes to trying to adapt things to virtually, and and we've discovered that we need basically a full-on producing booth if we're going to do virtual programs and do them well and be able to have you know guests from from one place. Our, uh, so, at one of Emily's programs, adventure talks, her first guest is in the Yukon right now, and so he was coming to us uh, via video feed. And that puts a lot of, um, a lot of strain on uh, this laptop that I'm talking to you through today. Uh, there's, there's a lot more going on uh, inside, a, in, in the guts of a computer when you're running a program that way. So we're, we're in the process of building up the, um, if you've been in the theater at the museum, uh, we eventually might have that booth at the back where we project from also set up as a, a production booth. And then we have the, the opportunity to go virtual and live at the same time. And you know maybe we have a guest that comes in and stands at the front of the theater and speaks and presents. But if we're at a point where we're still only allowed to have, uh, I'm trying to picture the, the seating layout. I think we're at uh, 24 can fit in the museum or in the theater um, with two meters of space between all of the family groupings. We used to fit sixty plus in the theater at a time. So, is there is there then a market there where we can we can have somebody presenting in the theater, but then also have that streaming out virtually? And you pay for for paid programming. You pay one price for the ticket to come in and be in the theater, and another price to if you just want to watch it virtually. Um, and I, I I see all kinds of opportunity. Like I think it uh, not only in terms of being able to have those two separate audiences engaging in the program at the same time. Um, but then there's a neat thing that I've, I've, I've uh, been able to figure out how to do where I'm, I'm in a meeting on two different devices. And then, you know, uh, on, on one device, you're seeing what's happening in the theater. And then I have, Uh, somebody can be out in the museum as like a as like a man on the street interview type thing happening and walking through the museum that's part of that same live streamed event there's there are so many neat things you can do uh, once you start playing around in the in the technologies that we have in order to to create virtual events and and we're only going to get better the the more we practice and the more we do it so uh, I think it will definitely remain a part of programming for a long time into the future and it'll be uh, it'll it'll just be one more one more little spice <laughs> to what we have to offer
1: I think that's good insight I mean some of the worst uh, experiences in my uh, you know uh, work environment are were the old online courses for say wemyss or for those types of they they weren't set up the right way i mean that was maybe the best way to deliver those programs but we've we've got this opportunity to learn and to make things better so that we can retain the information if there if you need to retain it or make it more fun or make it educational and uh, you know some people like you uh are helping lead that way and i was just really excited is there other things here that maybe we <laughs> we should be asking you about or things that you want to share with us
2: uh it's a Another another program we've got on right now yeah. that uh, that kind of combines the the virtual and the real, uh, and actually, uh, you know making things engaging. It's funny you talk about WMIS. I was a health and safety manager in a previous lifetime. <laughs> and, I would uh, and it to is. have you, you know, instead of who I got, you know. So. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, no, it's hard to make wemyss interesting, no matter, no, anyways. Um, explosions, explosions would help, I guess. Um, so another one of our programs we've got right now, Museum in a Box. It's it's a box of supplies, and then it comes with a, a video to, you uh, it comes with a video to give you instructions on how to how to do stuff with the stuff that comes in the box. Um, ties to often some of the other guests we've got coming to the museum. So uh, our first one was all about family fun, uh, and it was family the the family fun themed box in February for Family Day. Our next one is March uh, March Museum Magic, and now we had March Break guests scheduled that are one of them was a magician that will potentially be an April break guest now but March Magic is going ahead because it rolls off the tongue way better than April Magic Um, and so you'll get a box full of stuff to learn how to do magic tricks and then um, I'm going to be working some video magic behind the scenes and, and make stuff disappear. And you'll have to decide whether it's my own sleight of hand abilities. <laughs> this is an audio podcast. I know, so yeah. it doesn't matter that I'm shaking my hands around in the air
0: um,
2: yeah. sleight of hand abilities or whether it was uh, what it was, whether it was video editing magic that I did oh, wow. um, that's available all year. It, it uh, There's, there's a box a month. Um, the only month we don't have a box scheduled to come out is September and but other than that, if you order now, you can order right through for the full year, Um, and that's yeah. uh, That's that's about all the things. I mean, we've got a the website is a great resource. Couple of
0: things happening. Yeah,
2: yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The website is a great resource. Honestly, like I, 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 I'm gonna, I'm gonna finish this recording. I know when I'm gonna look back and I say I forgot to mention. This thing that is huge that starts tomorrow, and uh, but that's what the website is for. The website is smarter than I am.
0: The the link to the Bruce County Museum website up with the podcast so people can (laughs) do it from there and and check out all of your great programs. Thank you so much for coming on with us today, Mike. We really appreciate it. It's great to have you and great, um, good luck with everything and uh, keep up the great work.
1: (laughs) Thank you so much. Thanks for having me.